Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara. Brian is on the other line, and I believe I've just gotten him on air. In, in the valley, on the mountain, we held only God. In hardship, Mara? I saw... Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Brian. In the valley, on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. We seem side. to be having a glitch. Yes, what's Let the Let me call glitch? right back in. Okay, thank you. While Brian is calling back in, the glitch is probably coming from the fact that I got here so late, my friend. I, was, I spent the night with my mom and dad last night, and it's caused a, a slow start this morning. I just arrived seconds before the show started. Now let's try Brian one more time. Good morning, Brian. Are you there? Good morning, Mara. I'm here. Good. And we'll just start over, my friends. The glory of, of being live is it's live. And it really shows you what life is about. Sometimes we have ups and sometimes we have downs. And we all have mistakes. And uh, the glory is that's in the last moment. Now we're starting fresh. In fact, I'll even start our music fresh. So we'll just do the... Nah, I'll just let it go. In the valley, on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in his flame. Amid the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. It's an Islamic quote from Rabia the Mystic. Good morning, Brian. I guess I've said that about three times now as we've dealt with our glitch. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome, listeners. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent Him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because He who sent us left us. We are content to be wherever knowing he goes there with us. We will be healed as with Jesus. You know, I gotta tell you this one story that happened to, to me on my show yesterday. Yes. About an hour into the show, cell phone hung up on me. Um, I wasn't touching the phone. It just hung up. And Blog Talk Radio still had me as calling in as the host. So I tried to call back in to the show, and it informed me that there was already a host, and there could only be one host per show, so I couldn't (laughs) call back in. So God was hosting. (laughs) Yeah. So I was just like, wow. And then all of a sudden, I didn't panic. I just... Wow, okay. And all of a sudden, a thought came to me, call in as a guest under the guest number because us hosts oh, okay. have our own separate number. Yeah. So I called in as a guest to my own show, yeah. and because I could see my switchboard, I answered my own call. And so my number <laughs> was up on the switchboard twice as the host and as the guest. <laughs> <laughs> and then probably a half an hour later... <laughs> Blog blog Talk Radio caught up to the fact that I was no longer on the phone as the host, so it just hung up on me. So then I had to call back in as the host and continue with the rest of my show. I've never seen anything like that before. How funny. On Friday, I had a lot of people listening in the morning, but I had, the minute the program was over, I got an email from someone saying they couldn't get in. Well, you know, there's a time delay in the show going into the archive on occasion. And Mm -hmm. 
it wasn't in the archive and it was nowhere around. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness, something happened. And I don't know that I had a lot of people listening. And so I get, I write this, I respond and write this email, which took, was no small feet to figure out where to go and stuff. So I get the email sent off to them, and I check the archive, and there it shows that I had all these people listening. So there must have I, my apologies to to Lady Lafalot, but uh, you know it it worked for other people. I I have no idea, but it's kind of interesting, and that's one of the blips in life. I love your solution, Brian. Yeah, I'm not sure I yeah. would have thought that quickly as to call in. Well, that's exactly the funny part is is that my the whole idea of my show yesterday was about silence, and when we oh. find ourselves in silence, not thinking about things but rather listening to things, solutions can come to us very quickly. Mm-hmm. So by finding myself in that spot, the solution was brought to me rather than me trying to figure it out. It just quickly came to me because I wasn't overreacting and I wasn't having the concept, oh, no, the sky is falling, what to do now? Yes. You know, that is so, so true, too. It's, it's amazing. There are an, I, our show today, really, no matter what we call it, don't get caught up in human explanations for your divine experiences. You are enough. And please call in um, if you're getting caught up in human explanations or if you're not, if you don't realize that God loves you and is right there with you. But today, as I'm driving here from my mom and dad's, we've started having rain again. Uh, and for those of our listeners who haven't been here before, Brian lives in Southern California, which is a much different climate than Northern California. Uh, in fact, uh, I mean, our state is so huge, so long, not necessarily wide. And um, so I'm driving, and I thought as, as my car lifted up, I thought, oh, I'm, this road is on the levee. I probably knew that my whole life, but never thought about it. But that thought consciously came to me. This road is on the levee. And um, so, you know, I'm driving along, and the next thing I know, there must have been, I, I know there's such a thing as black ice. I can't believe there's black water, but it looked as though the road, although wet from the rain, you know, was okay. And suddenly my the wheels of my car just spin or spun a little bit. And I was just going on, but my body, even... Even though my heart was calm, my body had this kind of visceral fear reaction. And I thought, my gosh, it's been a long time since I've felt that. So it's kind of what you're talking about, you know, that that if you just, you know, relax and let God and believe you're safe and that all's going to work out and that the answer is there. And I had already moved past what would have been the danger zone for this human body, that this primordial fear that drives most of us, you know. But, but it was there. It, it, I had a little physical reaction to that. So it's amazing. Our, our bodies do play a role in what we feel, and it's connecting with the divine that gives us the ability to control our own individual bodies, not other people, but our own. Wow, that's a wonderful story. Bri, I'm sorry that I, I had just walked in from getting there, and I had no idea even what time it was when you called this morning, but I knew that I needed to rush. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> you know, I was dialing in. It was at 35 seconds. <laughs> you know, that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get everything done in 35 seconds is, you know, that's, it's amazing how long 35 seconds are, though. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Now that I think about it. So tell us about your week. Oh, my week has just been about um, more kind of along the same lines of I'm not rushing things and I'm not trying to make things happen and I'm not worried about the fact that they're not happening under my time frame. I'm really finding my in a place of peace and acceptance of the way things are. And it's funny because I realize, I say it's funny, but really it's a blessing. I realize that that is the way life is meant to be lived. And it might sound like I'm just saying nice things and ooh la la, but it really is true. I'm really experiencing firsthand the beauty of not worrying and not trying to figure it all out. As much like I talked about on my show yesterday, is that everything is already in divine order. 
it's our thoughts about it. It's our saying needs to happen under our time frame that gets us all crazy, that gets us all feeling like things are going wrong, like the world, like the sky is falling. And when, if we just settled down and said, it's all working perfectly, and I'm in God's hands, and there's nothing for me to figure out, and all I need to do is just follow along this next step that's right in front of me that I'm taking right now and do it to the best of my ability, everything gets handled. Everything gets handled. really does. Yeah. And this really is where I'm finding a lot of my friends are getting caught in the worry, the fretting, and concerning themselves so deeply into what's going around them, especially with the economy. You know, there's so many times. I'm, I was sitting in a bookstore last night working on my book, and there was somebody there playing her music and singing songs, which is real nice. And she played a kind of a depressing, I guess she said it was a depressing song. I didn't feel like it was a depressing song, but it was, can you give me a hand or something was the name of the song. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, since going into a depression and a recession, I played that song was her comment. I was just thinking, how many people are continue to say that? And so it becomes real. It becomes the situation because to, to go into a recession or a depression is a mindset. It's not an actuality. There is more than enough in the world. But if you think to yourself you've only got a small portion, then that's going to be your experience. And but if you, you think to enough. yourself, yeah. I've got plenty with what I've got. I've got a roof over my head. I've got wonderful kids. I've got a car to drive. Now these things might start to make their way out of your life depending on your financial situation, but they don't have to. They don't have to. There's no I there's no set rule that says that because the world thinks it's in a depression, you must be in one. That's right. There are so many people flourishing right now in their businesses. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, my college roommate, I've, I've told many of my clients uh, this story, that my college roommate's mother became a millionaire during the Depression designing clothes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so everything, it does. everyone does not have to suffer. And but, but everyone ideally should look for the solution. That's part, you know, for helping others. It's amazing. If we would all start helping others, there would be no scarcity. Amen. You know, it's it's kind of a, an interesting phenomenon. You're right. It is, it is very much a mindset, kind of like my being at peace and calm, and suddenly my human. But part of it is this human body, my friends. I mean, the human body is is fear driven, and so in order to step past that, you have to realize you don't have to do it alone. That you know that your divine spirit is far larger than your body and is connected to far deeper truths than your simple human experiences and then my simple human experiences. And it, it's when you can feel that presence of God around you. And you can just, I don't know, have any of you seen that Geico commercial where the, um, the big tall guy is falling back on the little Geico? It's really funny, but you know what? It's kind of what God is. The big tall guy has faith and trust that the guy can stop him. When you truly know that you're safe because God's there with you and that no matter what happens, you're safe. And that as long as you're breathing, you're, you're safe. Then you can fall back into the arms of a Geico because God will take care of it. And you're right, Brian, there are people out there who are thinking, these people have lost their minds. And yet, you know what? I've found mine. Amen. I, I, don't, I don't like that chaos feeling. I don't like that fear stuff. I ask myself, what can I do next? You know? Okay, what lesson is, this in, is there in this for me? I look first to myself to see if I'm somehow contributing to the chaos. There are times when I am. <laughs> you know? And it's like, whoa, okay, I think I'll stop that behavior. It's not, it's not serving me. And that's one of Neil Donald's Walsh's cards is what's right. Uh, if, if it serves you, it's right. That's an interesting idea. If it serves you, it's right. 
and uh, it doesn't serve me to be in the middle of chaos, and it doesn't serve me to not feel God around me. You know, I, I it just doesn't serve me. I'm trying to there's think of one, I'm sorry? I was just going to say, there's one thing that's stuck in my head after what you said. Yes. That has been going through my mind this past week since you asked me about what my week has been. Well, as far as thoughts going through my mind, it's just really hit me hard, the realization of how we could easily pull ourselves out of this supposed um, recession and depression that we're going through. And that is if we all took on the mindset that if there's someone worse off than you, mm-hmm. if you help them out to get to your level of stability in the world, economically speaking, and everybody took on that mindset, we would all equal out and we would all have enough. And, there, and we would all of a sudden realize in actuality that there is plenty. And it's just the fact that we hold on to too much out of fear that there's not enough that is taking us on this ride of our own creation, which which is just a psychological game we're playing. It's not a, a real experience, except for the fact that we're creating it because of our fear. Mm-hmm. And if we just release it and and say to ourselves, if there is someone that I see that's worse off than me, then I need to help them out. And if everyone together, and we can do this, would choose to do this, we would have peace and harmony, and we'd have equality instantaneously. And that's a vision that I'm holding with me now and working towards. Yeah, you know, I I, I agree with you, because I think that if we... I don't just agree with you. I mean, there's a truth. There's just just a deep abiding. Sometimes when I hear that word spoken, I get this sense of, oh, like it's an ageless truth, just an ageless truth. And I do see us here at this point in time being presented an opportunity. And we can shape our future, our children's future, the future of the children in Darfur and Somalia, the future of the children in Mexico, the future of the world by how we react now. And and this is such an interesting point for the United States because we are a country, a friend of mine and I were talking about this yesterday, and I guess... I kind of had a moment of epiphany. We are so afraid that the white Anglo-Saxon residents of this country are not the majority, that we we take great pains to keep those odds from changing. And, and so, but the reality is the European um, ethnic group is, is the minority of the world. I mean, we are the minority. There are very few people. Uh, God realized that, most, that you just can't live in hot climates with uh, our skin coloring, you know. And, and we're not superior and being, um, being equal with everyone would make such a difference. A friend of mine is taking a course, um, I don't know, I know it's not called the borders or something, but it's about people crossing the border illegally. And she says, I don't know what we could do. And, you know, I don't know either, but I just suddenly was overwhelmed with the sense that maybe it's an opportunity for us to stop having a border. Amen. You know, uh, then and and there's there's a terrible ter- terrible I wanted to say it I wanted to say horrific and then I started putting terrific with it there is a terrible horrific uh, drug war going on in Mexico and the way to end that war is to not worry about victimless crimes I wonder how many people 
you know, I've never been a heavy drug user. I, I will admit I smoked and inhaled, but I've never done anything else. And I, I know that those things are addictive. I'm, I'm not oblivious to that. But, gee, Bri, if people would just, um, some part of it has to be the intrigue. So, you know, if, if, if it's not against the law to use it, then it won't be against the law to buy it. And then we won't need to have people killing other people and putting people, at their lives at risk to transport this stuff. And you know what? Isn't part of free will the right to make your choices? And if we go back to that story of the littlest angel, how do we know that that beautiful, brilliant, brilliant saint that came back to give the littlest angel a chance to forgive wasn't a drug dealer. I mean, folks, we're all so caught up in judging other people as worthy for God. We're all worthy. We're all part of God. We're all here to have lessons. And um, lessons in love, in forgiveness. And sometimes we give people opportunities to forgive us. And what does forgiveness, in my mind, And I don't mean to be pedantic, but what does forgiveness entail? It entails someone doing something that requires absolution, forgiveness, something that is not socially acceptable. But we're faced with an opportunity now, Bri. I agree with you. Our topic today, my friends, is don't get caught in human don't get caught in human explanations for your divine experiences you are enough. Brian and I today are talking about being loved by God and uh, recognizing the miracles in our life are presence from God or from love. Uh, you're welcome to call in at six four six five nine five three five eight four if you have uh an experience you'd like to share with us that is truly a miracle that you recognize as such, or if you think that this is all malarkey and you'd like to talk about that, I think Brian and I are up to the challenge. Um, certainly we've had miracles in our lives. Many times we don't recognize them. I will tell you one that uh, I that just impresses me every day is just nature, just just all the dynamics of it. Um, not necessarily just man's influence on it, but just the dynamics of it. You look outside and you see the power of all of our energy, you know, in nature and the power of our actions, too. So, Brian, what about you for miracles? Well, I think the story I shared with uh, Blog Talk Radio with my experience yesterday was a miracle in and of itself. Not the fact that my my cell phone hung up, <laughs> but the fact that the computer still recognized me as being called in, and <laughs> I was using one phone calling one number, but yet Blog Talk Radio had me as two numbers. Because <laughs> right. God was running your show was, for a while. <laughs> right. I think that was just a miracle in itself, and the fact that I was able to, much like the prayer that we say coming into the show, that I don't have to worry about what to say or what to do, because mm-hmm. he who sent me will direct me. Mm-hmm. And so as I didn't worry, as I trusted, and that's a big key to finding your divine self, to remembering the truth of who you are, is trusting. And when you can trust that and say, I don't have to figure it out. In fact, trying to figure it out can be burdensome and very heavy. And you feel like the world is on your shoulders. And when you can release yes. that and say, not only do I not have to figure it out, but it's tiring to try to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. Somebody show me. And it's not that you're giving up, but you're actually stepping into your true power when you do that. And then miracles happen all around you of any sort, of any kind. And so my experience yesterday was a miracle in the fact that it just took care of itself. I didn't get flustered. And probably I probably missed one minute of the show uh, figuring, you know, getting that all figured out and just following the steps that came forth to me. And that's really not that much time. And some people in the chat room made a comment that maybe we needed a, a little bit of quiet. 
you know, there's who knows what what, it was, what purpose was meant for. But I do know What's that in my room? experience, go ahead. You you can open up a chat room. Um, I've noticed that you never open up a chat room on your show. Oh, I don't know how. <laughs> huh. A lot of people like to use the chat room while the show is going, so that they can talk about you know being in contact with one another. If you look at your switchboard, yes. Is the is the switchboard taking up the whole screen, or is it just partial screen? I have it on the whole screen, and it does say start chat session now. Do you press Click that? that button. Yep. Well, what do you know? I didn't even know that. Then what happened? Well, then you'll we're see everybody we'll in see. the chat room. Oh, how interesting. All right. You could have 10 people in the chat room. Well, what do you know? I've never seen this. I will do this in the future. Well, probably because I've never done it before. I don't see anybody in the chat room, but that's okay. Well, they might take, now that they know, they might come in. They have a button that they can click on the main page to open up the chat room. And oh, so, I see. And there I am smiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got it there. I suppose it'll do like any chat room. It'll get orange or something. If somebody, maybe I'll look at it periodically. Now, see, now we've got me multitasking. And, and uh, I'm sorry, yeah. listeners, this is kind of an exciting new discovery for me. So, um, But you know what? I think we do need moments of silence. We do need time to look around us. And uh, I and I think God ran your show for half an hour. To me, that's the miracle of it all. Uh, so often we don't recognize the things. There are no coincidences. I don't believe there are coincidences. There are simply miracles, and uh, there are opportunities, uh, and there are choices, and. I, I feel that all the time, uh, my friends. This last week, um, I guess if I was looking for miracles, being a heightened sixth sensor, I, I sometimes think that, I sometimes think like everybody else. You know, oh, this person's just very observant. She's just looking at me, like the television show, The Mentalist. She's she just notices the things that are on there, and she just understands people. And that's real. She's really not a heightened sixth sense, or she's just a smart person, you know. Because I am a smart person. I mean, I I have uh, I. That's one thing in my life that I can definitely say I know for sure. I'm a smart person. But then, if that were the case, my friends, if I really didn't have a connection to the other side, if I couldn't parse out part of the universe and feel other people, then why is it uh, when I called a friend this week, he said, oh, have your guys been talking to you about me? And I said, well, yeah. And he says, well, take a stab at it, you know. Do you notice a little bit of he believes but he doesn't believe in, in, the, in his comment? And I said, sure. And I said, well, you know what? They're telling me that there are things going on with your daughters, but especially your younger daughter right now. I thought he was going to fall out of his chair. I thought he was going to fall out of his chair. And for me, those moments of affirmation are what cause me to continue to to give messages to people, to continue to give assurances to people. It, it's, it's that that causes me when I'm sitting in a, a restaurant and I have a feeling placed on me for someone across the restaurant that I will stand up from my seat. Sometimes I'll wait till my friends and family are leaving and I'll say, I'll be with you in a moment, and I will go over and talk to someone I don't know at all. And every time that I have done that, the message has been strikingly similar. And I'm sending it out to someone right now today, too, maybe to all of you today, because my palms are hot, and it has been that God has placed you on my heart. And God wants me to tell you that you are safe and loved. And when I say that, I know that there's someone out there listening right now whose heart welled up with those words, 
who knows that message was sent to them, who believes those words and needed to hear those words as an affirmation. And to me, those are the miracles. I live in a world of miracles. As a heightened sixth sensor, I see and feel things that other people don't. Wait till you hear this one, Brian. I went to lunch with my boss this week. Tell me what your thoughts are on this. And I, I seldom sit in the shotgun seat where you sit and look at the door, because that's usually where guys like to sit to protect women or something. I don't know. Or maybe they're trained. Anyway, but I sat there because he was there with his daughter, and so I put them there, and I became the protector. And as the door opened, this this sparkly energy became apparent. And it only happened once because I thought, what's going on? I thought maybe there was like crystallization from an air conditioner. I mean, you know what? how many air conditioners are on during the season right now, but I thought of all the human explanations, but I literally saw a sparkly mass of energy. I've never seen that before. It was beautiful, and I felt safe. I I feel safe even when I feel negative energy, but it, it was a lovely experience. That was my miracle this week. That and my friend saying, what's going on, give me a... So what are they telling you? And when I told him, I was just dead bang on. Um, Those are my miracles. But you don't have stuff like that to know that you're safe. But if you do believe you're safe, if you do believe that God is with you all the time, you'll have stuff like that all the time. It'll, It'll be very apparent to you, that's for sure. It'll happen all the time and it'll start to become the normal thing. You know, as you speak about all your situations and I speak about mine, these are just things that we're noticing. It's not that we're creating them. They've always been there. We're just mm-hmm. finally noticing. Much like you yes. mentioned that lady, that, that show, I don't know what it's called, where the lady just notices things. When you stop trying to figure it all out and you say, okay, it's time to take things in and see what's going on and let it be shown to me, so that I can now see. When you start to take that mindset, then you start opening up a place to be filled. It's like the old uh, kohan or parable of from the Chinese culture where the student comes to the master and says, Master, teach me what you know. I've gone here and I've gone there and I've learned this and I've learned that and I know this and I know that. And he starts just talking to the master about what he knows so he can update the master so that he can add to his knowledge so that they can be on the same page and he just keeps talking and talking and talking and eventually the master picks up tea uh, a container of tea and starts to pour tea into a cup and the student after a while notices that the master is pouring and the cup's overflowing and it's spilling all over the table and on the floor and the student says master stop you're filling up the cup it can't take anymore it's overflowing and the master says, you too are overflowing. How can I fill your cup when you come to me with all this knowledge? Empty your cup and then I can help you. It's about emptying the cup, or the cup of what we believe that we're filling up with all of our past experiences and all of our beliefs and telling the world that we know what's what. But then saying to ourselves, I don't know with our doubt. So if we want to know, we have to empty that cup and make space for the knowledge to come to us. And then we will know. And as we learn to do that, then everything is is taken care of. Everything comes to you at the appropriate time when it's absolutely necessary. And you don't carry unneeded information with you as a backup to make sure that you'll be safe, but rather you carry yourself open, ready to receive in every moment. And in that, you know you're fully protected because it will always come to you when it's necessary. And everything that's appropriate for you in that moment will come to you. And you do not have to worry 
about what to say or what to do because he who sent really... you will direct you. Yes, yes. You really savor the experiences, the reminders, you know, that uh, RE hyphen mind, uh, you're, you're reconnecting with the universe and you savor uh those experiences because they're a reminder that you, in fact, are okay. And I think for so long, and I believe we talked about this last week, for so long um, it wasn't socially acceptable to feel connected to the universe. And uh, I think you had a really good discourse about that last week, about the idea that uh, there are so many people now because now it's safe to talk about this. I mean, we have television programs, we have movies, and uh, we have people who are admitting things. Um, and by even though we have evolved into an environment where you can step out and say, I'm a heightened sixth sense, or, or perhaps better said, you can say, this is my heightened sixth sense. So because it's not, I'm a heightened sixth sense, and you aren't. <laughs> you know, that's not it at all. It's just that, you know, I have these heightened sixth senses. What are yours? You know, and you will come to know yours as you allow yourself to just relax in the presence of God to kind of be like that guy falling back into the arms of the gecko, you know, and then savoring, savoring those things that say yes, yes. Because, you know, you're not going to be totally 100% removed from this planet, but you will have reminders. And, and you, when you take chances and reach out in the name of he who sent you, or she who sent you. I'm not caught up in pronouns, and I know Brian isn't either. But um, or Allah sent you, or Yahweh sent you. We don't care who, what word you use to describe the idea that we are an amalgam, and we are also separate. And, but when you recognize, when you accept, recognize, R-E, cognize, or believe and accept that there is an inner divinity within you, it, it really kind of adjusts your thinking. One time I heard uh, Goldie Hawn uh, say that she tried to soften her eyes when she looked at other people because then it softened her heart. And really, that's what all of our connectors are, is really our heightened six senses are, are alerting to the fact that we're connected to all people. And then, you know, segregating them and realizing them and, and feeling them, whether it's mental telepathy or it's, it's seeing uh, into the future, the seer, or whether it's being an oracle, who knows. But, but the point being is, it's when we open ourselves up to see that we're part of some, we reach the realization we are part of all. And that softens our heart to other people. And as Brian said earlier today, if we would take those softer hearts and not fill our mind with negative words about what our economy is about right now, um, but instead fill our minds with how can I help avert this negative thinking? What can I do to help improve things? Instead of woe is me, be blessed in the moment you're in because you know what, my friends? We don't know what that next moment holds. None of us do. And so if you embrace that moment as the place that you want to be and live the moment fully, 
leaving the next moment to unfold, believing that there is enough now and always, and there is enough. There is enough. Then you will start to connect with everyone and will start to become aware of your heightened six senses. And will be then be safe and able to share. I will try to do this chat thing in the future, Brian. Brian, uh, do you have any comments? Well, one comment I do have that I really realized from that situation with the hearing the lady say, speaking about the economy and how we're going into a depression and recession, is that for a moment I kind of, in my own mind, took on the idea that, like I was fighting against, like, that's not real. Why is she saying that? I don't believe in that. And it was, instead of being a productive thing, it actually was ending up being a negative thing because I was fighting it against. And so for a moment, almost immediately, because she, she, she made that comment just before breaking down her routine and taking all of her equipment away. And I was going to give her some money. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of thought to myself, well, you know, I'm not going to give her money and participate in that mindset. And so I kind of sat in my own mind um, stagnant and with the mindset of I'm better than or something along those lines. Not to say that that is exactly what I was thinking, but it had that feel. And so shortly thereafter, after I, just like you said with the Goldie Hawn quote, is that I softened my heart. And then it came into my awareness once again. Give. Give money. How about those people who feel like they're stuck in that place? Yes. And so it's more than just saying these words, but it's taking action as well. So then mm-hmm. I took out the money and gave her some money. And I don't even think she noticed that I put money in the, the bin because it wasn't about her noticing it either. Mm-hmm. I think that was just a added benefit on my on my part. But it was softening myself and not saying I'm better than this person, but rather I can help this person. And as we soften our hearts, just like you said, and help out so that people don't find themselves stuck in that spot. Some people might need the money to believe that there's no recession and and depression going on. And some might just need the knowledge in their soul, like I have, that it's not going on. Because physically around me, I don't have a whole lot of money right now. But I'm not worried about that because I know I'm taken care of. And so it's not holding down heavy on my heart, my mind, and making me worry that I'm not going to be okay. If that were the situation, then I might need some kind of physical proof that I'm okay. But that's not a requirement that I have right now. So I can help out others who need that requirement. And as we, again, as we sit and listen and follow as we're being led, we can act properly in each moment and help out one another to get through this, quote, tough time that we're experiencing. Yes, yes. This is so true. I mean, you're exactly right. And and by sharing with someone uh, who's playing music on the street, even if their music is about depression, it's when they get that money, uh, both types of depression, by the way, you have both the economic as well as of the spirit, uh, when they get the money, uh, it won't be that day they will feel rich. And if they start changing their thoughts, then they will know they are rich. And we all have richness around us, my friends. We do. And I think depression of the spirit is such a sad, sad, I I don't mean it like 
that word doesn't even feel comprehensive enough because I don't know I don't know what we can do to help people recognize the choice to not go there. I don't know what about the wiring uh, in individuals um, captures and holds on and and they can't move their mind off of the topic. You know, when I find myself being in a moment of depre- potential depression, I guess, but I'm not a depressed person, and I would love to have one call in and talk about it so I could understand more. But when I find myself becoming obsessive in my thoughts, I tend to find that often the obsession focuses on another being. And uh, I have come, and I've said this so many times, you know, folks, when you've been doing something for coming up on a year and a half, you get redundant at times. So forgive me if you've heard this before, but there's someone out there who may need to hear it now. And that is that I find myself, when I, I come to a place where I'm trapped in my mind, and I have to imagine that's what depression is. You know, when I'm trapped in my mind, I sort I bring it down to the elements. And if it's five people who are making me feel that way, I then send to those five people my highest thoughts that I want for myself. So if I were, and, and I've done this, there have been times when I've, I've bemoaned a person to Brian, and the way I broke my hold, my, the hold of my mind on that person was to say, I want that person to have everything I want in my life. Security, safety, health, happiness, joy. And in the beginning, there would be, there may be times when I've so stepped past my peace into the chaos that I may be saying that every minute. Geez, there are times when I may be saying it two or three times a minute. But I notice as the hours pass, and and now as I've been doing this for so many years, um, I find that I may say it a lot during the first hour, and then for whatever reason, I'm just blessed with having that person's mind, name removed from my mind. But when I first started doing this, I would say the person's name as many times as it took during the first minute, then I noticed that in the next hour it was less frequent, and then pretty soon by the end of the day, by the next day, maybe I only thought of them once or twice, usually within two days, even in the beginning, I would be relieved from that obsession. And the same with the event. If it's an event rather than a person, I'll say, what lesson is there in this for me? And I may say that multiple times as my mind chooses to clasp on to that circumstance. But then now that I've been doing this for so long, I find I just say what lesson is there in this for me. And I don't think about that circumstance again. Now it seems to me that I've got all the characteristics because of the obsessive grasping aspect of my mind that I could be a depressed person. And I'm suggesting that the way I'm not is to use those two gifts. I release the circumstance to God and I release the person to God. And for me, that's a, that has made a miracle in my life. That's made me help stay in the present and not allow my mind to linger in the past. Remember, the present is a present from God. Open it and enjoy it. In every moment, there's something, if you allow your mind to move away, that is truly reflective of the wonder of God. In every moment. I think you make another wonderful point in the fact that you say when you're stuck in that place, of having the person in your mind, the way you start to release that is to say, 
I wish this person to have everything that I wish that I would have. And you pass it on to them and say, I give it to you. Here is my gift to you. And that's the second part of that situation that happened for me that helped me to soften my heart and to follow through with giving the money that I was originally going to give until those secondary thoughts came in. And that was, she's doing an art right now. She is sharing her talent as entertainment for us. And in a way, that's what I'm doing with my radio show. And so if I want people to help me to make this my job, then why not help her? Why not give to her what I want for what I do? Yes. And so that helped me as well to share and give to someone what it is that I would would want to get back for what it is that I do. And so it's, again, softening your heart by softening your eyes to allow you to see what's appropriate in that moment. And if we bring karma into the picture now and see that you get back what you give out, so by following through on that act, rather than being so stern and stubborn and saying she doesn't deserve it, I broke through that gate, that wall that I was putting up in my own mind. And so I know that in the future, if you will, although there is no future, that act will come back to me. And that wasn't the exact reason why I did it. I didn't do it to get something back. No. I did it to to feel and remember peace in that moment because I wasn't feeling peaceful in that moment. And by giving and no longer fighting against that moment, I released myself from the terror of that moment. And when I say terror, it's not that it was the worst thing ever. And I couldn't live with myself. But I realized that any time we are fighting against something in our minds, we are uneasy. And to me, uneasy is a form of terror. It's a terrorist act against ourselves. You're and right. So I released myself from that experience in that moment. And that was the blessing. Yes. No, you're exactly right. It is. We, we have terror. I mean, terror... Is, is any unloving act, you know, you, we, we take away peace for ourselves and for others. Uh, and I love, you're exactly right, I mean, it, it, when we soften our eyes and our hearts and we start falling back and recognizing our connection to each other, then if, if you can imagine us as a connected mass, and now I'd like you to just for a second, I'm going to have Brian do we're not going to have a long centering exercise, but we will have one soon. But for just a moment, if you could just visualize. If you could breathing in. And now just visualize the earth. All of the parts. And now I want you to start pulling your breath in. And you're going to pull in fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, Manifesting, manifesting the earth. You're seeing it all. And now opening your, your head up, lifting up through the crown chakra and having your blood, having your blood in your air, because your air is your blood, transfused, infused with love's energy. And now you're re-energized. And now imagine all the way around the planet that you are part of one with that you are part of all parts of it. And now let me ask you before Brian leads us in our meditation. Which toenail are you willing to sacrifice? We are connected with all things. So we need to stop making decisions to sacrifice some part of our whole. We go into Brian's meditation, and Brian, we only have five minutes. I'm sorry. 
if you could um, lead us in a meditation. Okay, let's close our eyes and get comfortable in whichever position we find most comfortable. Taking care to breathe deeply into the nose and out of the nose. Into the nose and out of the nose. Becoming more relaxed and at peace in this moment with each breath. Taking care to be with and recognize your breath. To fully immerse yourself in the experience of what it means and feels like to breathe. Not judging it, just being with it and recognizing it and feeling it. And as you continue to breathe in and breathe out and taking notice of the experience, you might notice that your breathing pattern slows down and begins to even out between your inhalation and your exhalation. And now I want you to sit with this breathing pattern, not trying to control it in any way, just letting it take its course. And you just notice it and be with it as I share these thoughts with you. The next time you feel yourself becoming rigid in any way, whether it be by what someone says or an act that someone does. And it doesn't even have to be an act that they do to you, but rather that they do while they're in your presence. That something in your mind clings to and takes offense to and says, I don't like. Whenever you notice this happening, do exactly that. Just notice it. And in that noticing, the denseness, the rigidity, the rigidity, the rigidity of the energies will start to break up, will start to loosen. And you'll find a gap, you'll find space in between. And in that space, you will remember who you are, and you'll remember who that person is. And you will see the truth of them and you. And you will once again reconnect with your peace, with your joy. And all the solutions to resolving that problem that you saw will come to you without effort. And then once you've been given the gift of sight, all you need to do is follow through on this gift and your problems will be resolved. And you will release yourself from that old stagnant mindset that in the past had trapped you and now no longer traps you because you no longer allow yourself to be trapped and you set yourself free from that and you find yourself at peace and you find yourself loving in that moment. Because indeed, your thoughts do create your experience of every situation. But what you might be experiencing can be totally different than what your thoughts are having you experience. And a miracle is when you allow yourself to see the truth of the situation. And therefore, 
experience the truth of the situation. And that is what can be called a miracle. And you can see the truth of every situation always. If you just simply release yourself from your old thought patterns and allow yourself to see the truth. Namaste, Brian. Namaste to our listeners. Um, go forth in peace and know that you are uniquely created and divinely inspired. You are safe, perfect, and whole. Always. Carry that knowledge with you. Seek for it. Seek to see it and experience it in every situation. And you will find it. Namaste. Namaste.